of music that is so rich and full of scripture. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to your house this morning, and thank you that we can worship you, we can approach your throne with confidence, knowing that we belong to you and you've forgiven our sins. So, Father, just pray for this morning that, Lord, we would be tuned to your spirit, that, Lord, you, you would speak to us and draw us closer to you as we live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Welcome to Maranatha. Take a few minutes to extend right hand of fellowship to those around you. Yeah, again, uh, welcome uh, to Maranatha, those who are visiting, uh, we want to extend a warm welcome. Uh, they say in Somali, Sodowo, that means welcome. In Swahili, they say Karibu. In French, they say Bienvenue. In uh, Spanish, what do they say in Spanish for welcome? Bienvenue or something like that. Anyway, so feel welcome and uh, we are glad that you're in God's house this morning. So, we have a few announcements. I'll go through them very fast because most of them are in your bulletin. Uh, my name is Otieno. I'm one of the elders. And uh, uh, we just uh, want to uh, remind each one of you that uh, we have the yellow sheets in front of you, in the front of the, in, behind the pew in front of you. So, if you have moved or changed uh, you are address or anything like that, or any update, make sure that you fill out that and then put it in the offering basket that's right behind between the two double doors there. Uh, if you're new, also do the same thing. You just fill out those yellow forms. The youth um, are having, okay, there's already a, the pre-order for the Christmas wreaths and uh, there will be a table you can pre-order online or on the bulletin. There's a QR code online on the youth website, and you can use that QR code to pre-order. But on, the, on next Sunday, the 29th, the youth will have a table in the uh, front there, in the back, so that you can maybe order through that too. Uh, youth and adults are also invited. Oh, before I say that, let's say women age 50 plus are invited to attend a luncheon on Sunday, Saturday, October 28th. Today's the last day to sign up to attend, so please sign up in the welcome desk. Youth and adults are invited to attend the apologetics conference. That's November 10th and 11th in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. You can sign up in the Soul Garage website if you want to come. For more details, check the bulletin, or you can contact Pastor Cody, I mean Pastor Tony, Pastor Tony for that, a youth pastor. Mission team has pictures of people who have adopted missionaries, so I think there should be some of them 
No? Okay. No pictures? Okay. Well, we were going to show pictures of those who have adapted missionaries. And this being Missions Week, uh, we'll have more about that soon. Okay, celebration, women retreat last weekend at Arrowhead was a great blessing to those women who attended. Heather Cox did a great uh, job speaking, and all the events were meaningful to those attending. So thanks to Women Ministry for doing a great job. Are there any pictures for that? Oh, yeah, there are pictures coming up there. And uh, I think that's all that I have. So I'm going to ask Pastor Cody to come up. Yeah, great. Thank you. By the way, I've changed from baritone to bass. I have a cold, a head cold, so don't mind my, my voice a little lower here. That's why I haven't shaken anyone's hands. Hey, let, let's take a moment and pray. We just had the women do that retreat, and it was a powerful time. And we are so grateful for what the Lord has been doing before that, during that event, and continues to do in the relationships that were built. So let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we do thank you for just the opportunities that our different ministries have to sometimes pull away and care for one another and hear from the Lord in different settings. And we are thankful for the relationship that we have with Arrowhead Bible Camp. We thank you that, Lord, you used Heather in a mighty way. She is your servant, as we all are. And we, we pray that the seeds and the relationships that were built would continue to grow to a greater depth as we come to know you more. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before OTNO steps down, we have a special announcement that you're going to introduce here a little bit. So tell us about what we got going on next summer. Yeah, as uh, we're going through <laughs> the mission week, uh, we want to give an opportunity also as the congregation to participate in missions. So the mission team has come up with an idea to, of a mission trip. And this mission trip will be next year. And it's already up there. Maranatha mission trip is going to be during the Olympic Games in Paris. And basically, it will be a one-week trip leave around the 26th, arrive on the 27th in the morning. I think that Sunday we'll attend a church. We are partnering with a church just north of Paris called Église Évangélique Protestant de Saint-Lys. That's a church where my wife and I and family attended. So we're just 25 miles north of Stade de France where they're going to be having these games. And I've done this kind of ministry before. I was at the 2012 Olympics in London, and it's just uh, an, an enriching time. So we are targeting or hoping to have around between 10 and 20 people to come. We'll be partnering with this church. There'll be some French folks that are going to join us. We'll go into the streets maybe four or five days, then maybe have a day or two to just have fun, to tour the country or tour the city of Paris. So we have a sign-up sheet at the back. Just if you want more information, if you are interested, then just sign up. Give, us, give me your name, your email address, and your phone number, and then we can start talking about this. And, you know, so anyway, so that's what we are thinking of is the Lord. If you think God is calling you to participate in this 
great ministry, you know, let us know. And letting you know that there will also be other religions. If I have a picture which maybe I can show you one day myself with my buddy Scott from Ohio. And we had these six guys with t-shirts written Team Islam. And they were there also trying to spread the lie of Islam and this Jehovah Witnesses. So it's a time where the whole world comes together for the sports of Olympics and then they go away. So what an opportunity for us to be able to go there and just to share. And even if just one person or two people come to know the Lord, I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that we get to go there and be a part of that. And uh, yeah, as, as Otino said, there's going to be a variety of different people with different perspectives in world understanding of deities where we come with the true hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like he even introduced it, he said, the greeting for the Somali language is so the woe. And uh, I remember when I was working on some of the greetings with it, I was like, I would try to think of something to, like to connect with. Like every time that these Somali people greet each other, they're under the lie of Islam and they're sowing the woe of false religion. So so the woe, that's an easy one for me to remember. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited that we get to partner with some of the churches there in France with your connections there. And I might learn a French phrase once in a while here just to get ready for it. I can teach you. Bonjour. Uh, bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Bonjour. Oh, yeah. French fries. All right. All right. We're excited about that. Uh, Pastor Aaron, we, uh, Otiano, I need your mic. Pastor Aaron's coming up. Good morning. Uh, could Nadia Peterson uh, bring her parents to the stage, please? Um, here at Maranatha, we are privileged to be a church that is multi-generational, meaning we have young and, in some of your cases, very old. Um, I, I, if you're offended by that, that's you. So, um, um, We are uh, privileged this morning um, to uh, see the Peterson family uh, committing um, Nadia to the Lord and also committing themselves to raise um, Nadia in a, in a Christ-centered home. Justin, you have some scripture you would like to read over Nadia? Yeah. So Nadia's name means hope, and uh, we wanted to dedicate her with this verse uh, from Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 27 and 28. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we, we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Amen. Uh, this morning we um, at Maranatha uh, believe in coming alongside the family as the body of Christ and assisting them in any way they can. So I'm going to have some questions for uh, Justin and Megan. Uh, if you would please confirm your uh, desires by responding with, we will. Will you commit to raising Nadia in a Christ-centered home? Will you commit to involving Nadia within the body of Christ? And will you commit to serving the Lord as a family? All right, now church, uh, this is not uh, simply an act done by the, the Peterson family. Uh, we as a church body believe that we need to come alongside them and assist them in any way we can. So Pastor Cody has some questions for us. All right, church, just respond with we will if you agree with this. Will you commit as a church to come alongside Justin and Megan in the raising of Nadia? 
Will you commit to praying for them and serving alongside them as parents to raise Nadia to know the love of Christ? All right, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. And my heart is full of joy as I see Justin and Megan up here, how you've called them together. And I remember seeing that happen. And now the, the family is growing and we just, we as a church come alongside them and we praise you for the joy of life, the joy of children and the blessing of it. But we know it's hard. It's hard to raise children. It's very tiring and it can be weary to the body, to the, to the spirit and emotions. So we pray you give them strength. They're outnumbered now and uh, they need help. So we, we pray that you would just give them that spiritual strength. And we as a church want to come alongside them as Sunday school teachers, as Awana teachers, as just a part of encouraging them in the nursery. We are grateful for the passage they chose. What a beautiful passage. We pray that this hope would grow within their family, the beauty of the mystery of Christ that is now known to the nations of Christ in us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you get that mic to Simone? All right, let me grab my Bible here. All right, it's Missions Week, so... We're going to hear a little bit about what we have done and some of the other things that we can be involved in. So, someone come on up. We may or may not have a slide. It will show up when they get it. If not, there we go. Hey, there we go. It's the end of our missions week, and what a week it's been. And we had a lot of fun at Awana, the kids' groups. We had three of our missionary families that we took the missionary kids and talked to the kids at Awana and youth group about them, and they got to pray for them and even wrote some letters that we're going to mail out to them next week. And it was a really exciting and fun time. Today is the last Sunday, and there are just a few announcements, which doesn't mean that you can't pray for our missionaries after this Sunday, obviously. Um, but today is the final day for submitting the scavenger hunt. So back of you go into the fellowship hall after the service, we have a sheet of paper with all our missionaries on it and a few statements. And if you can match the correct missionary to the correct statement, then you can submit for some prizes. There are some really great prizes to win, some gift cards for Starbucks or for Little Caesars or Skate City. So make sure to fill that in and submit it before you leave today. And then our other thing is our little um, Adopt-A-Missionary that we had going last week and this week. And I'm happy to say that this is our last one waiting for a home. And um, <laughs> even this morning, some people went ahead and adopted one of our missionaries, but they forgot to sign up. So please come and see me later on in the fellowship hall so that I know who you are, so that we can write down your name. Really what the Adopt-A-Missionary is about is you committing to praying for that missionary for a long time. Long term in terms of you sign up for their newsletter, you read it, 
you pray for them, and send them a little note letting them know that you are praying for them. So even though we don't have any more stuffies left to remind you of that, you can still come by and let us know that you have a missionary you regularly pray for. The reason why we like to know that is because when that missionary comes to visit, we'll let you know that they're coming to visit so that you don't miss it. So come and see me later on, even though this is the last one needing a home. Awesome, yeah, we've been excited to have When we gather together, on missionaries and we're very grateful for the missionary team that has been a part of putting some of these ideas together and this morning we have the bliss family here so come on up and share we're excited about this let's give them a hand well thanks it's great to be here um yeah so i'm not sure if we have the powerpoint okay there we go there we go okay um yeah so um my name is Dave, and my wife Sasha and I are missionaries that uh, you guys have been supporting for a long time. If we look familiar, it's because we were here in June, um, which, is, which is great because it means that uh, I had to come up with a new presentation. You know, we have 17 churches. We use the same one in every one, and, and I couldn't do the same one twice because some of you would remember it, which would be good because it would mean you were paying attention, so thanks. Um, so behind me, I have my family here. Uh, it's, they're not here today. They're over in Stillwater, uh, which is where we, we live during this year of home assignment. Uh, on the left is Sophie. She's an adult now attending a community college in the area. On the far, or sorry, that, yeah, on our left. On the, on the right is Veronica. She's a senior in high school this year. And uh, if you could really be praying, especially for those two. They're both, one has just entered adulthood, the other one is doing it in the next year. And that, that's, of course, we're really happy about that. That means we've succeeded as parents and that they've survived this long. Um, but uh, it's, it's also a bit, a bit scary because from their perspective, they're moving to a new country and starting their adult life, because America isn't where they grew up. Uh, so be praying for them. This is, you know, it's, it's always tricky for missionary kids. And then in the middle is Alexis. She's our youngest. She just started high school, so she'll be around for a little while. Um, you can go to the next slide. Uh, yeah, so um, when we were thinking about what to talk about, we were talking with Simone, and, and um, said, what should we talk about? And she said, well, maybe give your story about how we met you guys. So I, I actually, it was kind of a fun thing to do, is think about our story. There we go. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't do anything to that one. Um, so yeah, I'll give you our story. So I thought it's kind of fun to give our story, how we got called to missions and how we, how we ended up here. So um, Sasha is from Bulgaria. That's the Bulgarian flag. Uh, if you want to have fun, you can go look at the flags in the, in the entryway and see if you can figure out, see if you can find it later. White, green, and red. Um, and I'm from Minnesota. So um, you might wonder, well, where did we meet? Well, the answer is obvious. We met in Chicago where uh, everyone, everyone meets. Next slide. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so we met in Chicago. Um, in fact, in specific, we met at Moody Bible Institute. It's a beautiful campus in downtown Chicago. Um, oh, I heard a cheer. Maybe there's some Moody grads here. Yeah, so I, <laughs> all right. Um, so I, I um, yeah, so we went, went to Moody Bible Institute, and um, uh, I was there studying international missions because in high school, I realized God was calling me into missions. Sasha had come from Bulgaria to study theology because uh, there really weren't good theolo theological schools at the time. By the way, um, I highly recommend mar marrying a theology major. Um, on our drive out here this morning, we actually stopped, or not stopped, but we were actually talking about the Sermon on the Mount. 
Sorry, I need a throat lozenge because I'm talking too much. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of fun if you're you know, just driving on a car trip and you have something to talk about, you can talk about the Bible. So that was kind of fun. So yeah, we met there and God called us both into missions. And so then uh, in, uh, sh- shortly after that, we, we got married and um, we joined Reach Global. Actually, at the time, it was called the Evangelical Free Church Mission but they changed the name, uh, so now it's Reach Global. It's pretty much the same thing. The Evangelical Free Church Mission is the denominational ministry of the Evangelical Free Church of America, which is what Maranatha is. Um, so we serve around the world. It's an organization that serves around the world. Uh, and then uh, we started raising support to go overseas in missions. And then in 2005, I remember the year clearly because we had a newborn baby um, named Sophie, we, we, we were invited to come visit Maranatha by by the Roberts, if you know them, Andrew, um, Andrew, Andy and Carrie Roberts. They invited us to come visit. Um, they're now missionaries you guys have sent out. And I, I, I remember back then, that area back there, that overflow area didn't exist, which was good because there was a cry room where we could go with our very fussy baby and uh, still watch the service. So that's how we got to know you guys, and you guys have been a blessing to us ever since. So then the next year, in 2006, we started our ministry, and we went to Poland. Um, so we were there for four years, um, it was a really great time in ministry. Uh, God worked in some amazing ways. We did, a big part of our ministry was working on, on the college campus in the city of Łódź. Uh, it's spelled L-O-D-Z, but it's pronounced Łódź because that's how Polish works. Um, but um, yeah, and I remember there was one day a, a guy came. Um, his name was Patrick. He was an African student. And he just came to our Bible study we were doing one day. I'd never met him before. And uh, and. He came and he enjoyed our Bible study. And the next week he came back and he said, I just have to tell you guys something. Um, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. But I walked away from Jesus. And God just really laid it on my heart to come to your Bible study last week. And I've come and I came to know Jesus at your Bible study. And, and I thought, well, that's really cool. But I also thought there was a skeptical side of me that thought, okay, sure, but are you going to relapse again next week? And um, I followed him for years on Facebook. He continues in faithful ministry in church to this day. And you know, it was mentioned this morning, um, if only one person comes to know Jesus, it makes it worth it. And I know he's not the only person that's come to know Jesus through our ministry, but that, was, that, that to me, it's, it's just whenever I saw pictures of him in ministry, I thought, okay, that makes it worth it. Uh, lives, lives are changed through that. So then in, in, uh, in 2010, my boss said, you know, Dave, I think it's time for you and Sasha to consider starting ministry in a, new, um, in a new country, in Sasha's home country of Bulgaria. So we, uh, we asked permission from our leadership, is it all right if we, um, we start a new city team? And that took a few months of deliberation. Start, starting a new ministry is not something that, that mission organizations do lightly. They want to make sure and pray and make sure that this is where God is indeed calling them to invest. And they said yes. So in 2011, we started the Sofia City Team in Bulgaria. Uh, and we have a lot of different ministries there. A lot of it right now centers around small groups and home groups. Um, you, know, you, you had some great pictures of the women's retreat this weekend. Sasha's been part of a, a women's group. And uh, actually, just last year, they did a retreat uh, to Thessalonica, which is, if you've ever read the Bible, First and Second Thessalonians, that's where Paul was writing to. And that's where they went, which sounds really far away and exotic, but it's like a three-hour drive. So, you know, it's, it's different when you live in Eastern Europe. But, yeah, we've been involved in a lot of other ministries. Um, 
work, uh, leadership development, disciple making, Bible teaching, um, te- educating missionary kids, a lot of different ministries over the years uh, in Bulgaria. And um, yeah, through our time there, we've actually, because so many people come through Sofia, it's a big city of 1.8 million people, we've actually been able to minister to people from every inhabited continent um, around, around the world. The only continent we haven't ministered to anyone to is Antarctica, um, mostly because no one lives there. But, yeah. Although the, the pastor at, at one of the churches I worked with was actually, he was a retired Air Force guy, and he actually was stationed in Antarctica once. So maybe we can count that one, too. Um, yeah, so, and it's, it's been, that, that, that part of our ministry has been really great and really exciting. And, um, but it, there was another thing that we, oh, okay, good, you, you guys are on track, good, with the, following the slides. But then in 2019, I was actually asked to join the Europe Division Leadership Team as well. Now, I mentioned Reach Global is a worldwide mission organization. It's actually a pretty significant one, pretty big one. And about 40% of all the missionaries in our organization serve in the Europe Division. And I was asked to help lead that team, and, and this, is, this is the team I serve on right now. Now, I know I'm in the middle of the picture, so it looks like I'm in charge. Actually, the guy on the left, on the left is in charge. But uh, we, we work together and help support ministries across the continent. Um, and so I, and I'm specifically responsible for supervising ministries in, in uh, a number of different cities. Which, yep. Uh, so going from left to right, there's Lisbon, Portugal, Lyon, France, Innsbruck, Austria, Banska Bistrica, Slovakia, uh, Athens, Greece in the bottom, then Sofia up above that, and Bucharest, Romania. So those are the ministries I, I supervise. I try to, I, I talk to their team leaders every month, making sure they're on track, they're getting the support that they need. It's a complex ministry, and it's gotten more complex with the situations, uh, the, the tensions that have been going on in Europe in the past, um, in, in the past couple of years. But it's, it's a ministry I really love, and we love being able to support them in all that they do. Um, so our ministry has has... has been really broad, and I don't say this to brag, because honestly, I, I don't like coming in and saying this is, this is how God has worked, but God, I, I do think God has worked in some amazing ways over the years. I think it really to be an encouragement to you guys as to how God has been, um, has been how your investment in us has been used to reach people around the world, uh, how, how the ministry of Maranatha has spread farther. Um, you can go to the next slide. So when, when we came to Bulgaria in 2010, or in, in 2011, we started developing a 10-year plan. And so in 2012, we came up with three things we wanted to see happen in Bulgaria 10 years ago. Um, the first was we wanted to see a unified church in Bulgaria. It, uh, it's, it was, it's, the church was very fractured, very political. There was a lot of competition with each other. Um, and the, the different church denominations weren't working well together, different churches wouldn't work well together. So we wanted to see unity and strengthen that church. The second thing is we wanted to see people that we reach reaching others. People that we teach the Bible to taking their, the message of the gospel to others as well. And the third thing is we wanted to see missionaries going out from Bulgaria. We think about, you know, missionaries are the, we send missionaries out. Well, really, the church around the world is called to send missionaries, and we wanted to see Bulgaria sending missionaries as well. Um, so 10 years later, what happened? Well, um, a couple of refugee crises has happened. The first one was the Syrian civil war in 2014 that, um, that caused a lot of refugees to come to Bulgaria, and the churches had to work together to help minister to them. And then, of course, the new, there was a new wave of refugees a couple of years ago when, when the Ukrainian war uh, re-flared, re and um, 
we have a lot of Ukrainian neighbors actually now in Bulgaria. And the, church, the churches came together and, and spent time together in prayer, spent time together looking to how we, how we can serve and minister to these, this new situation. So God used world events to strengthen and unify the church. And so it was really cool to see that that happened. Um, so that we could check that one off. Uh, the second one was we wanted to see people that we reached reaching others. And we actually saw this pretty early on. Um, I was teaching a Bible study at, at the International Baptist Church, and uh, one of the guys there, he was, he was a guy from, from Africa, and uh, he, he had been um, arrested in Bulgaria. He had came to know Jesus in prison, and he still had to spend some time in Bulgaria before they let him leave the country. And during that time, he, sa- he started attending our church, and he said, Dave, I want to learn how to teach the Bible too. And he literally had nothing to do. He, he, he didn't have a job. He, he was just stuck living there until he could leave. And so I took, spent time with him a couple days a week teaching him how to teach the Bible. And he went and has now, he's now left Bulgaria and is teaching others as well. Um, there was another time this last term we had, we had a, a woman attending our Bible study who we'd been, ho- we'd been hoping to, she would come for years. She was our neighbor. She didn't know Jesus. She was really hard against even talking about the Bible. But over time, God's, God worked in her life until eventually she, she started coming to our home group. And I was really nervous when she came because we had been praying for her for a long time. And I was not doing well in my Bulgarian. I was really fumbling over, over what, what I was trying to teach. And one of the guys who had been coming to our group for years, who uh, we'd been investing in, he just he opened up the Bible and he started teaching her. And, I thought, and this was so cool to see someone who, who we'd been investing in then going and just teaching naturally. So we can check that one off. We've seen people we've reached reaching others. Um, the third one is we wanted to see missionaries going out. Now, M- Bulgaria is not a major missionary sending country, but missionaries have been going out. Uh, we've known some. We, some of them are our friends. Some of them we've helped, um, we've helped uh, get overseas. So it's, it's really neat to see that, that this is something that's starting. I don't anticipate Bulgaria will become the leading mission country anytime soon. I mean, there's only 7 million people. You can only go do so much. But that, that part of Christ's command to go and, and make disciples of all nations, it, Bulgarians are doing that. So all three of our 10-year goals we reached. And I would love to say that it was because of our great, great strategy and efforts. But really, the way it feels is it's like we were standing in a valley full of smoke, and we started waving our arms, and a big wind came and blew everything away. You know, it's, it's, it was God's work in us. And really, this is something to praise the Lord for, that God has been working in us. So, and thank you for your support in this area to send us out because I think God has done amazing things. And he's done it, I would say, with us present. I would love to say that it was all us, but honestly, I, I'm even more, I say it's all God. Um, but th- those aren't the only ministries that have been impacted. Um, because I've been able to serve in ministry, I've been able, to, or in, in the Europe division, I've been able to, to work with many other organizations, like, or many other teams, like this team in Romania. This is a team that they're focused on uh, missionary kid um, education and discipleship, and they're really doing some phenomenal work. And I get, I get to be a part of supporting that, and that's really exciting. Or another team is uh, Lyon, France. Um, there is a picture there. I guess it didn't load. But uh, yeah, Lyon, France. They have a, a vision to reach every neighborhood in their city and see a true community of worshipers in every neighborhood in their city. Really, it's, it's a really exciting vision. And then the third picture I have today is Innsbruck, Austria. 
Um, this is a great, um, great team. It's really growing. It's uh, younger people, but they are really invested in camp ministry and ministry to young adults, and they are really changing lives through their ministry there. And um, yeah, it's, it's been phenomenal to see how they work. And I get to invest in these, and this is really exciting to, to see how, how or to help them serve in ministry. So yeah, um, thank you again for sending us out so that we can help these teams thrive. Um, the world is being reached because of you guys. I want you guys to realize that, and, and uh, yeah, thank you for that. But then the, the question can be, what's next for us? Well, we want to see more missionaries going out around the world. We'd love to see more missionaries coming from America. We'd love to see missionaries coming from Bulgaria. We'd love to see them from other, other places. We want to see more missionaries coming out. It's our vision to see that the church take up this, this uh, passion to reach the entire world. But also, uh, we want to see more people going out to places like Rice Lake. You know, it says there on the back of the... Uh, or above the exit doors, you're about to enter the mission field. Um, Rice Lake is a mission field as well. And uh, we would really love to see, see um, people reached here in the United States. So how can we do that? Next slide. Well, Jesus actually gave us some really good advice on how to bear fruit. Um, he said in John 15, chapter 5, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. So that seems pretty nice, but what does that mean? Well, he, he does give a little bit more information. In verse 10, he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So we, we stay in Jesus' commands. We abide in him by, uh, by remaining in him, by obeying his commands. Well, what commands are those? Well, all of them. We're supposed to obey all of his commandments, um, which is why we need to spend time reading God's word, spend time in the Bible so that we know what Jesus has commanded us. What are, what are the commandments that he has sent for us? Um, and it's, so spend time in your word. That will help you learn how to, that will help you remain in Jesus and bear fruit. Um, but then he also gives a very specific command in John 15, verse 17, which says, this, and this is my command, love each other. So again, spend time in God's word, really understand Jesus' commands. But he does sum it up very nicely, love each other. Because there's an entire world of people out there, and we can love each one of them. And every time we do that, we can lead them a little closer to Jesus. Um, so who do we love? We love everybody. Every, every single person, because C.S. Lewis once said, there are no ordinary people. Every single person you ever meet, every person you go out and meet today, be it the cashier at a, um, at a convenience store or the governor of the state, everyone needs to know Jesus, and everyone is... is um, going to heaven or they're going to hell and everything we do can help them along the lines toward one of those destinations and loving them is a good way to show them that there is something different about us and that they can see, see Jesus and if you love someone and you spend time with them you are eventually going to share the gospel with them in fact just this morning a little girl named Isabella shared the gospel with me right before the service um, if you're passionate about Jesus you are going to share the gospel uh, it, and it will it will come out it will come out naturally um, people ask us, how, how, do you, how do you find people to share the gospel with in Bulgaria? It's pretty easy. 98% of the people don't know Jesus. So we just find ways to spend time with people. My, my favorite thing is we have them over to play board games, because I'm a, I'm a board gamer. I really like playing games. You know, and sitting around the table playing Settlers of Catan, you sit there and you talk to them, and if you, if you love Jesus, eventually you're going to start talking about Jesus. But there are other things, too. I've heard of people doing this through... Um, through um, 
um, through hunting, through fishing, through any, anything, anything you can do that will allow you to spend time with people or um, any shared passions you might have. It's just, it's really easy to find ways to spend time with people. And if you love Jesus, eventually you're going to talk about him. Uh, and if, you, if you're not talking about him, well, then that's, then I would say spend more time in the word and realize why you need to talk about him. Um, so yeah, I just want that, to, that's my hope and my vision for you guys here in Maranatha is that you guys can reach the people around Rice Lake and around, um, around wherever you might be living um, in the towns around here by sharing the gospel. So the, I just want to close by saying the world is being reached because of you, and thank you for that. But at the same time, let's also remember that we all have a responsibility in our own lives as well to share the, share the gospel with those around us because that is, that is what missions are. So as you leave today and you say you are entering the mission field, just think, how can I be sharing the love of Jesus with someone? Uh, how, how can I lead them one step closer to him? You might not even be the person who's there when, you share the, when they come to know Jesus. A lot, of, a lot of ministry success, people try to base around how many people did I lead to Christ. But think about your own life. The, someone led you to Christ at some point. But there was a, a lot of people who invested in you before that. And there's a lot of growth that happened after that. And all of that is part of your individual journey. Well, every single person out there has their own individual journey. And you, it could be that one little act of love you show it moves them one step closer to Jesus. So remember that as you go out today. Again, thank you. It's been a blessing to have you guys as one of our supporting churches. And um, we'd love to talk to you more afterward. Thanks. We will pray for them at the end here, but if you could grab your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 4. We are concluding our series here in Philippians, Living for Christ. And as you do that, let me pray before we just conclude here briefly in the Word. Lord, we are grateful for all that you are doing in our lives, and we thank you for even just the great reminder that we are called to show and express your love. And we thank you for the missionaries that we have been supporting and will continue to support in a variety of ways. Lord, as we finish up here in this beautiful letter, this beautiful book within Scripture, may it not just encourage us, but inspire us. This we pray in your name. Jesus, amen, amen. All right, Philippians chapter 4, 21 through 23. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord <clears throat> Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Just want to just briefly here cover three things. Gratitude express, greetings employed, and grace embodied. In this section, this starting even from verse 10, we see that Paul has been very keen and thoughtful about gratitude. This example of this long-term relationship and long-distance friendship that he's had with his friend his focus has been on their loving concern for his ministry 
And this is a great way to end as we've been looking at our missionaries. Paul teaches that relationships are more important than material gifts. Even though they've been giving gifts, he's like, yeah, that's great, thank you. I'm not saying that's not important, but I'm taken care of by Christ. And what's more important is this friendship. He never wanted to be dependent on material things because he knows that even though he's going to suffer, Christ will sustain him. His sufficiency came from the Lord rather than the accumulation of things and getting more and more storage units that he had to build up his stuff. He didn't need that. He's very grateful. And a great lesson is making your appreciation known to others. And this is a powerful example of gratitude expressed. Paul truly treasures the memory of the generosity that they have shown. So he's been doing this. He's been thankful for all that he's done in the ministry, but a lot of what he's done is based upon the giving that they have been giving. Their gift to him is important, and they are now partners in this. So I've been talking about 10 things I like. Should have gave you my 10 top rip ears, but no. What we've done is we've asked some of the church leadership, the ministry teams, to express to you what they're thankful for. So, it's interesting, we'll see this here in the next part about greetings employed. Paul says to the church leadership, you church leadership, let the church know what you're grateful for. So here's a couple of things. The children's ministry. They're grateful for all the volunteers that allow the ministry to continue. Because without your involvement as a volunteer. In fact, Pastor Tony and I talk about this. You know, we don't like the term volunteer because we're not volunteers. We're called to do ministry. So we are very grateful for all that you do to care. You're involved in the multiple places. For those in the nursery, those in that building, we are so grateful for that building next to us there that, that housed most of our children's ministry. So we are very grateful. So thank you on behalf of the leadership for all of you that volunteer in, in a variety of ways. We are grateful for you. Congregational care. We are thankful for those who care for the shut-ins. There are some of you, like, I love to go do visitations. But there are some of you who say, hey, I'm able to go visit so-and-so and and visit so-and-so. We are grateful for those who do that. And we are grateful for those who are watching online who are unable to come to some of the shut-ins who are praying for our ministry. In fact, there's, there's times, this has happened at least five times, in my ministry here, that I've met with some people, they're at the end of their life, and they know it, they're like, I wish God would just take me. I'm like, wait, He will. But until then, you've got a great call to pray. And they pray. Missions. We are thankful for all the members of the missions team, but all of you that are going to be connected. We'll talk more about connecting with missionaries here in a moment. We are grateful that we are a church that is about missions. In fact, there is a church in our county that doesn't support any missionaries at all. They're like, that's not what we do. I'm like, man, you're missing out. Youth. The youth leadership wants to thank you for your long-term investment. Some of you have joined the youth ministry because your kids were involved and you got so hooked into it, they're gone and you're still serving. So we are very grateful for your investment. And we are so grateful that you speak into their lives and hear 
for the new believers. We have kids coming to know Jesus Christ. We love that. The women's and men's ministry. We are thankful for the leadership teams. And we are grateful for, and this is sometimes hard in our church, we are a church that reaches all generations. That means from the youngsters to the oldsters, okay? All are, we're one family. And that's hard because sometimes the songs we sing doesn't maybe fit your generation. But when you get to heaven, that's going to be like that. Don't worry, okay? We get to reach all generations. And we love that in the men and women's ministry, we have many tiers of age groups involvement. We, we love, and I love how the men's ministry has taken off the last couple years. The finance team. The finance team wants to thank you for your giving. And again, we, we can't function and do the work that God's called us to do here at Maranatha if it wasn't for your giving. And giving's changed. We used to pass around an offering plate, and now we have that black box there. It's hard to see. Maybe sometimes I thought, well, maybe we get a light on so you can see it, but then I want, you know, but just... We are very grateful for each of you that give. And it's hard to give. My wife and I, we, we do our best. We're like, you know what? We're going to give. Even though times can be tough, we got kids, money goes into diapers at times, money goes into whatever. Not our kids now, but um, <clears throat> it can be hard. And we kind of, you know, it's, it's not a biblical command, but there's this biblical precedence that you give 10% of what you earn for the Lord. And that's what we've been doing. And it's, it's hard, but the finance team wants to thank you for your giving, and we also want to thank you for the finance team that is very bright and knows how to articulate how much to give, and they think through all that with the budget. Helping hands. We are thankful for all that we get to do as a ministry in our church to one another and to those outside. They're doing a great job caring as the family of God. Hospitality, the willingness of volunteers to step up in new roles and being flexible. And I'm very grateful for the hospitality team that cares not just for food here at the church, but other events. In fact, recently, um, our fallen officers, Hunter and Emily, got a Hometown Hero Award this past week in Madison, and we couldn't do an event there. So next Saturday, we're going to host it here, Saturday at 5 p.m., where the two departments will come, the families will come, and I asked a couple of my friends, could you make a meal? And they're like, sure, all right. I love that. The hospitality reaches and cares for not only us, but outside. Buildings and grounds. We are very grateful for your, again, financial donations that help care for our... How many furnaces do we have in this, on this campus? 20. 20 furnaces. So we are very grateful for all the smart, brilliant people that care for that and think through all those things. And let me say this from the pastors and elders. Three quick things that we are thankful for to you. Number one, prayer. Keep praying. Keep praying for our church. We are honored to be a part of this church. Amen? So on behalf of the pastors and elders, we thank you for your prayer. And... We thank you for your support as we think of unique ways like we did in the past. We're having one big service. Everyone cram in here. We want you to connect. And many of you caught that. We're going to do adult discipleship groups. You're connecting there. Thank you for supporting that and being a part and connecting in that. 
And we want to thank you for our last vote. The church voted to say yes, that, that this concept of biblically we see, and we're lining up, I believe, biblically more, where pastors and the term pastors and elders, in fact, the term pastors is very rare in Scripture compared to elders, where the elders and pastors, it's kind of the same functional role. Even though we have full-time paid pastors, elders, we're, that's our vocation, we have those who volunteer at, for a periods of time. So we thank you for that vote that we see that now. And I believe that's a healthier way to understand the pastor role and elder. So we are grateful for that. And we believe that in this healthy path, the Lord will do wonderful things. So those are 10 things that we want to express to you. Let me now, personally, give you a couple things. These are 10 things, and there were more, but I was like, let me just put these down. These are things I'm grateful for my church. Number one, I am grateful for the genuine friendship that we have within leadership. That is priceless. Because we've had not genuine friendship within leadership in the past. But now we have this genuine friendship. We may differ in different things. We may see different things differently, but there is a genuine love and friendship so, and a lot of that's based upon your prayers that God's been doing some great things. So I am so grateful that, like, like let me give, give, you know, I could give you many examples, but just recently, like, at our, one of our last elders meeting, we, we were laughing out loud about something, and we were just all laughing together. I just paused, like, this is so beautiful that there's harmony and unity in that. Number two, I love the discipleship and direction of our church. We're all about equipping you. We have three paid pastors, but our role is to equip you to be the ministers in your families, in your family groups. And discipleship is our focus. I love that. Number three, your support and praying for our three pastors, connections in the community. As you know, the three of us pastors have different ways of building relationships outside of the church. And some people don't like that. Some people kind of frown. and like, well, you should just be spending your time in the church. Oh, okay. I spend a lot of time, most of my time at church, but when I have my time off, that's my volunteer time in the community. And we are great. I am so grateful for your support that I get to connect with and build relationships in the community. In fact, recently I just got a text from someone in that, that sphere and realm I have. They're, they're struggling in an area, and I was like, Wow. It's kind of like I have two congregations. Right here is my primary. Well, my family is my number one congregation. Right here is my big congregation, but i got another group of people I care for. Tony and his wrestling and his connection with, with families is beautiful. Continue to pray as wrestling starts up. Pray for Pastor Aaron. One of his ways is he's a ref for basketball. Never seen him dressed in the stripes, but I can't wait to see him at one of the games. I'm very grateful for your support as we build relationships outside of our church. Next one. I love how our church centers on the gospel. That's priceless. Because there's many churches slipping away from that. Another one. I love how our church is known. Way before I came here, our church is known as that solid rock church that is about the gospel, that is about caring for the community. I love that. Here's a weird one. Because many pastors don't get this. The role of the senior pastor is very hard. In fact, I was told about this in the seminary. If you're going to be a senior pastor, it's going to be lonely. 
Because people will put you on a pedestal, they'll kind of be like, oh, you're the senior pastor. I love that many of you are my friends. Not that the rest of you are not my friends or my enemies, but many of us hang out. We text each other, we call each other. I have the privilege to say, you're my friends. Many senior pastors don't get that. Evidence of that is I have got a drawer that's now completely full. I can't put any more in. Thank you for the cards of encouragement you send me. Because in a hard day, I'll be like, I'm having a hard day. Boop. Oh yeah, people do care for me. Another one, I love the family aspect of our church. Like I mentioned, multi-generations. Number nine, I love how you care for my family. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for praying for my family. And lastly, your prayer. Don't stop praying for your pastor. In fact, they say October is um, pastor appreciation. The, the greatest thing you can do for a pastor is pray for them. Pray, pray, pray. All right. Greetings employed. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me, send greetings. God's people here, send greetings. In closing, he says, greet one another care for one another and this term it's i love how this term i was going through this and, and I, I should bug pastor because he's doing his greek it says greet all god's people and, and the term here is is the the term for saints and often he'll say it in plural but he doesn't he says it in singular which means greet everyone one-on-one -on -one. I've got a cold, so I'm not going to be at the greeting door there, but I'd love to just, everyone's got to line up and greet and shake my hand. Greet one another. Make it personal. He feels deeply for every single member of their church and desires to know them and show this affection, especially those who belong to the house of Caesar here. That doesn't mean all of Caesar who don't know. It's, it's those who are the saints, those who are the household. The slaves who are free, or those who are slaves, those civil servants who are in Christ, show it. And lastly, grace embodied. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. It's interesting he uses grace in the beginning, chapter 1, verse 2, and he ends with grace. It's grace of our Lord, who is Jesus Christ. From the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the source of grace. We could do a whole discourse here on grace. But when you look at this in the book of Philippians, it's similar to when God explained the necessity of Paul's thorn in the flesh by saying, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Again, this is Paul who suffers. We've talked about trials and how to deal with suffering. Through the Lord Jesus, weakness is infused with grace and transformed into power. And Paul's desire is that they would experience the self-giving, self-sacrificing love of Christ. Remember chapter 3? Listen to this out of 2 Corinthians 8-9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's this salvation, this salvific grace, yes, but there's also a type of grace here that though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that you through his poverty 
might become rich. We will suffer, but it's His grace that will sustain us. Amen? His grace sustains us. And in this benediction at the end, He says, Amen. Yes! Amen doesn't mean as some people they twisted amen or a woman. No, 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 no. Amen is an expression of yes, I agree, I affirm that. So be it. So when a preacher says something profound or says something true from scripture, which preachers should, some don't, we should be like, Amen. I stand with you. So be it, yes. Grace is sufficient. What I want to do is close with this. Two things. We're going to go through troubles. But our focus is Christ. His grace will sustain you. Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer, petitions, and thanksgiving, bring a request to God. He will sustain you. We will trust Him and pray. And lastly, this comment here. I want to encourage you. Write a letter to our missionaries to let them know that our church is praying for them. That is a deep comfort. In fact, I was just, I can't even think, my mind's kind of cloudy here. Um, just this week I was with some, some group, I forget where I was, and there, there, someone was a missionary and they're like, one of the greatest things that we got as missionary kids from our family was that people were praying for us. So one of the claims, I don't know which one's coming up, who doesn't have a baby? Let me grab one of the mics here. So, both of you grew up on the mission field as missionary kids, right? Where'd you grow up? Where were you born? Philippines. Both of us. Both of us, okay. You were born where? Cagayan de Oro. And where were you born? Rizal Laguna. Okay. What was it like getting letters or prayer support stuff Tell us ways that you can encourage us to do the same. Because we've got, again, don't go out of the church right away. Go to the fellowship hall. There's names. I want you to connect with a missionary family. Uh, like, specifically when we were on the field, it was really encouraging to hear from people because, well, we didn't really have FaceTime and stuff back then. But um, it was easy to think that everybody here would for, kind of forget about you and your ministry when you were over there. And so to hear from people, to know that they were reading uh, my parents' prayer letters and responding to that and kind of following up and asking how things were going, specific questions about things in the prayer letter, it was really encouraging to know that we still had friends and family over here that cared about us. Yeah, I think that's kind of been a theme even throughout today with um, Paul and even what you said that the thing that missionaries cherish the most are genuine relationships. So it's just, it's a harder way of having the relationship because sometimes you don't come back until three, four years later. And that's just, that's when you see each other. And so um, having people who, who really are committed to that, even if it takes so long to see them again, and then you're only here for such a short time, and that you welcome them just like your friends. That's really the biggest blessing. And as a kid, just seeing other people do that with my parents, that really made me feel grateful for that. So I would say neither pitying the missionary, because sometimes they would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you have to you know, be gone and not see your family. And it's like, no, it's a privilege. We, 
You know, we are sent out to do this, but on the other hand, also not envying them or elevating them, we're normal people. <laughs> we still, I know my parents fought, <laughs> and they need prayer too. So, yeah, just that. Awesome. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we do thank you for the beauty of Scripture. Help us be more dependent on you. Life will be hard. But life, in the hardness, we can still have joy as we trust and depend on you. Lord, we ask that you be with our missionaries. And I pray that you would encourage us, spur us on to find a missionary. May you, you, you've, you've already got it set up who we're to connect with, but may our families find one missionary that we can write letters and send emails or find unique ways. Like I knew one missionaries, they love pepperoni. And we would get them pepperoni once in a while. God, we are grateful for your love. I'm grateful for this church, how they care for me personally, how they let me be weird because I'm weird. I'm grateful that we are about the gospel message. Continue, I pray in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years until you come again. Keep us grounded in the Word as a church. May, be, may we be a beacon of light in the midst of this dying world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stand and join us in our last few songs. <clears throat>